Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing pride and prejudice. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing pride, prejudice, and zombies. You can watch this movie on Hulu with a live subscription or rent it on Amazon. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts. But before we get into this thrilling, bloody, I'm trying to think of another word. Adjectives. I got to know, ladies, what you sipping? Well, for all of our U.S. listeners, this is our Thanksgiving episode. This episode comes out on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so in honor of that, I am. Oh my gosh. My fake fire just stopped playing. I was going to say, oh, no. your lights flashed. That's so sad. Um, so I was going to say that I'm sitting here in front of a fake fire on my TV and with my Christmas tree, which I know is blasphemous to some people, but I'm very, very happy. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting in front of my Christmas tree and now a bunch of ads or different Netflix shows are just playing on my TV. I'm drinking some lovely Harney and Sons Paris tea. Also... Beth, you mentioning that this is our Thanksgiving episode made me realize, I was like, how does Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies correlate? But it does. Because while we're carving turkeys, we're talking about Elizabeth Bennett carving up some zombies. That's horrible. Slicing <laughs> <Lighten> them up. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> what are you drinking, Lori? Well, uh, it has not been a very good health month for Lori. Uh, chronic pain and chronic illness sucks. Um, so I'm currently fighting off a uh, low-grade migraine. Mm. Um, so I am caffeinating heavily with some Diet Mountain Dew. Mm. Diet Mountain Dew. You know, I had never had Diet Mountain Dew until like two years ago because Austin's family loves that stuff. It's like it's the so nectar good. of life for them. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, what are you sipping on, Julia? I saw you showing off your new cup. Yes, yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. I uh, I'm I'm drinking water, <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm really here to do is to review one of the uh, beautiful reusable Starbucks holiday tumblers that they've released. I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they're kind of jewel toned cups, very shiny. I got the dark green, and so I'm just gonna be uh, reviewing how I like this cup today and and how it holds my water. <laughs> It's so pretty. Excellent. I'm desperately searching for the black one uh, or the black spiky one. Also, you guys, I, I made a, a discovery today about something that will change the tone of my holidays. Oh, no. So I am a big college American football person. And my husband oh, is no. we cheer for different teams. And officially, as of yesterday, my team... And my husband's team will be facing off December 4th in the Southeastern Conference Championship. And mm. I yeah. am nervous for them. <laughs> Julia, you know what this could potentially mean for us? 
We could be Lori. My team and Lori's team could also be playing. Yeah. Each other. Yeah. Ooh. I am for uh, U.S. football fans, American football fans. Sorry, Brits. Uh, I am a Big Ten Ohio State gal over here. And we're currently number two. And so. the uh, I am the resident SEC Georgia Bulldogs fan, and we're sitting pretty at number one. So that probably means nothing to many of you. <laughs> and I care nothing about Starbucks or football. <laughs> so let us begin talking about zombies. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about pride, prejudice, and zombies. This film is just like any other Austin adaptation in that it follows pretty well um, the general plot of Pride and Prejudice. We've got five daughters. We've got some balls. And honestly, that's just shocking that it follows yeah, the plot. It does. We're set in the correct era. Um, we've got, you know, all the same love lines, all the same storylines. There's just the minor very minor addition of some zombies in there as well um so we get a nice little history of the zombies and basically the zombies are like a plague they've been going on for a long time if you get bit you get infected and they're trying to eat human brains so not great the world is at war with zombies and it's important to know that London is protected. There's a like a deep moat, I guess, mm-hmm. around the area. And there's only one bridge. Hingham Bridge is the only way in. Um, and so it's all very protected. This is all to try and keep the zombies out. But alas, it's still a war and there's still zombie breakthroughs. So because of this, the wealthy people, the aristocracy is trained in either Japanese or Chinese martial arts. So that means our good old Minute sisters, they know how to fight. Um, most people like to f- will fight the zombies, but there's one person, our character Wickham, who disagrees. Um, he takes a stance that we should be living in harmony with the zombies. He actually takes Elizabeth during their brief torrid romance to the Church of Lazarus. Very clever name. Um, Where the zombies haven't gone fully zombie. They have not gone super crazy because they've only been eating pig brains. It kind of Mm -hmm. shows this to Elizabeth as like an alternative for taking care of, um, for like another another way of living with the zombies. But this is like a pretty disturbing sequence. It's so bad. (laughs) Um, So... Also, a wonderful addition, perhaps one of my favorites, is that Lady Catherine in this world is the, like the premier zombie hunter. Um, and Elizabeth brings Wickham with her to see Lady Catherine so that he can share his plan of living in peace slash harmony with the zombies. Unshockingly, uh, Wickham's plan of living alongside flesh-eating dead humans is shot down. Um, and kind of in the aftermath of that well while the current story is going on um wickham takes lydia to the church of lazarus so he's she's taken away with him like this is kind of the parallel and one of the biggest differences between like the romantic running away together that you see in the original novel well of course um elizabeth is 
because of Darcy's um, story, like his reveal about what actually happened with Wickham and his sister, um, Elizabeth knows that he is treacherous. And so she's very worried about Lydia. So Elizabeth and Jane go to rescue her. Along the way, they run into Darcy and Bingley. Um, and Darcy says that the church was sadly destroyed and that her sister must have been lost in the fire. But our noble guy, Darcy, was just lying to Elizabeth to try and throw her off, to try and protect her. And he actually goes after Lydia. A very gallant moment for our guy, Darcy. Mm. Of course, Elizabeth realizes what's going on and she follows him. Meanwhile, Darcy frees Lydia from the prison the prison in the church where Wickham has been trapping her. And Wickham and Darcy kind of get in a confrontation. But then the zombies start to attack them because Darcy snuck in and in a very interesting move chose to feed those zombies real brains because the way that they've been quenching their zombie desires is by having communion with pigs brains and blood and so that's quenching their desire for blood but not turning them into like full-on human hunting zombies and i was it's just so gross (laughs) Yeah, so basically they were like still pretty intelligent because they'd only been eating pig's brains. And so you end up finding out that Wickham actually like organized this whole assault with the zombies on London. So by giving the zombies those like human brains, Darcy basically took away their intelligence and made them like incapable of this. So this is so funny to talk about with Brian and Bridges, <laughs> but basically like made them incapable of coming together and organizing in that way. Well, Lydia luckily makes it away, but Darcy and Wickham get in a duel and it's kind of scary and we're not really sure what's going on. And then shocking, very few Wickham (laughs) is actually revealed to be a zombie himself. Wow. Yep. Turns out he was bit in his early army days. And so you kind of been watching the movie thinking, man, it seems like Wickham is being more moral. Like he, he doesn't want to destroy these zombies. He wants to live in harmony. And then you find it was all selfishly motivated and everything suddenly makes sense. Wow. He wants to live because he's dead and he doesn't want the zombies to all be killed because he is a zombie. He wants to be king of the zombies, as he said. Yeah. So luckily though, Elizabeth comes to Darcy's rescue and she takes care of Wickham and Elizabeth and Darcy ride off together. Um, Elizabeth, Lydia and Darcy barely make it back in time before they blow up Hingham bridge, which they were doing because the zombie attack had just gotten so intense and they barely make it back in time. And while Darcy is injured, Elizabeth confesses her love to him. Luckily he recovers and proposes to her as does Bingley to Jane. And we end with the blessed double wedding and then in a marvel twist in the pride and prejudice universe we get a mid-credit scene Mm. which i'm pretty sure sets it up for what they might have hoped for a sequel movie because there is a sequel to this book it is a book um with wickham surprisingly still being unalive um undead (laughs) charging with a horde of zombies towards the wedding party and then we go to credits again and there is no end credit scene 
So I'm glad you guys watched that because I did not know it was there and I did not watch it. <laughs> I was um, skipping so through the credits. <laughs> just tell me what did you guys think? And this is a strange one, but what did you guys think of this adaptation? So I just have to tell our listeners, for those that haven't seen the movie, the opening sequence of this film, there is audio overlaid and a voice is saying, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a zombie in possession of brains must be in want of more brains. Excellent. And I just have to say, in that moment, I was like, oh my word. This is going to be the worst, cringiest (laughs) movie of all time. I just, I did not like that. Um, I will say the movie, I guess, grew on me a little bit. There were so many parallels and so many direct quotes from the original uh, Pride and Prejudice novel that I was kind of like, you know what? This is fun, I guess. It was a little graphic for me. It was kind of silly I didn't love all of the performances um I felt like there were some things that I would have done differently if I were translating this into a zombie novel but overall you know what if you're into action films and you like Pride and Prejudice this is this is entertaining I think one of the things that helped me watch this um because yes I heard that opening line and I went (laughs) okay I know what I'm getting into now um was slightly reading the Wikipedia page, like the very top, like not getting to the summary and learning that this is supposed to be like a comedy, um, not really a full on zombie thriller action film. Um, just, you know, which makes sense with Pride and Prejudice being a comedy, yeah. too. Yeah. So more comedy with a side of bloodthirsty brain eating zombies. Um, I quite enjoyed it. If you can handle gore and you know some jump scares because you know viewer be warned it they had a pretty good graphics budget and it's it can get pretty gruesome and spooky um so glad i watched this in the middle of the day you might enjoy it if you're more action driven like i am i really enjoyed watching this i've seen it probably this is maybe my second or third time reviewing it i know it's both of y'all's first time so I really knew what to expect going in and I just had a lot of fun watching it because it's kind of a fun movie and it's nice that it's a tale that I'm so familiar with um but I like the different twist on it a lot I will say um and I'll talk about this more later but I find the love story between Darcy and Elizabeth to not be the most believable in this Mm -mm. case there's just too a little bit too much of them fighting and not enough of them like actually having time to connect and then I also felt like the gore was just a little much. And Ben even commented, he was like, man, they did not hold back on this. This is yeah. like high level zombie killing gore type and stuff. And like decomposing faces. And it like it gets graphic. Like I would not like if you're going into this thinking, oh, it'll be like a ha ha zombie film and you can show this to small children. I would not. Mm-mm. I would not show this to small children. Yeah, I think it's interesting, especially the, like, reception to this film, because it actually didn't do that well. I mean, generally, I feel like we kind of liked it, except for the gore. 
But I would imagine that the overlap between like Jane Austen fans and fans of zombie movies is not great. Um, it has mm. a 46% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and only a 45% audience score. So it really just ended up not being that popular of a movie. I also think one of the reasons for that, too, as much as the plot is similar to Pride and Prejudice, and there are some direct quotes from the book, there is a lot that is missing. We get virtually no Bingley and Jane. We're missing so much of their love story, which is something that you all know I love. Um, we also don't get, um, we'll talk about this in the book to movie accuracy, accuracy section, but there's just a lot of things because of the zombie plot line that has to take precedence that we miss little moments we never get to see Pemberley for example so you know a lot of stuff is missing I would say the best way I can describe this film is if you are an avid hardcore fan of anything at some point in your life you might come across fan fiction what I would describe this movie as <laughs> is a fan fiction of Pride and Prejudice shifting the plot line to zombies and then them just sprinkling in Pride and Prejudice facts throughout it because that's like the base material, if that makes sense. I think that's a great way to describe it. Uh, now, usually we talk about the music and cinematography there, but I just realized I I honestly didn't notice the music very much watching this movie. Um, Cinematography-wise, one thing I did notice was occasionally they would overlay these really weird filters, especially during like fight scenes and things like that. Very like action-y, fighting, zombie-ish type filters, if that makes sense. Like blurry edges and stuff like that. It leaned pretty into like horror-esque music and cinematography for me. Well, it's interesting because I think it really had the balance between being a period piece and being more of an action movie in both the cinematography and the music because there were several um, music pieces where Ben even was like, is this the same music from the 2005? So it had a lot of that same vibe, like that classical pretty music. But then again, we had more intense music during action sequences as well as um filming that would be typical of an action movie and then again with the cinematography you see cinematography more consistent with being a period piece um, during those more like normal scenes as well yeah like there's this great scene that I kind of love where they're getting ready to go to the is it the Bingley ball or it's the first ball I can't remember off the top of my head things get a little twisted here with the plot there's like period music playing and you know you're having flashbacks to 2005 or 1995 and they're getting ready to go to these balls and instead of like lacing up corsets they're flipping their modified dresses to reveal thigh holsters for daggers and they're like putting daggers in other places and pistols are going in random holsters and it's like these women are gearing up for both, you know, going out and dancing because that is what we're doing. But also we have to be mindful that a zombie horde might try and kill us. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about our Elizabeth Bennett reimagined as a zombie fighter. This Elizabeth Bennett is played by Lily James, who 
you may know from playing Cinderella in the live action Cinderella, from playing Lady Rose in our beloved Downton Abbey, uh, from playing Deborah in Baby Driver, Elizabeth Layton in Darkest Hour, Julia Ashton in the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, young Donna in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Rebecca, Miss DeWinter in Rebecca, Peggy Piggott in The Dig, just just a list of films she's been in a lot of book to movie adaptations a lot of period films um and as a person i am not the biggest fan of lily james but as an actress generally i think she does quite a good job so i'm curious to know how do you think lily james uh did in her portrayal of elizabeth bennett especially considering the reimagining of lizzie as a uh zombie fighter I think it's okay. Um, There's definitely some difficulty translating characters to zombie action heroes, um, which I feel like is a given. And it might take, you know, the right person to do it well. But I just feel like there were certain times where Lizzie's, um, like, motivations would, for certain things, would just change, which was very confusing. And I don't know. Like, I think Lily was... I'm sorry, Lily James was trying to portray this like very strong, she's fighting zombies on the daily kind of a woman. But also Elizabeth is supposed to be funny. And I didn't get like any of that. I felt like Elizabeth was a little bit sassy in this movie, but there's so much intense stuff going on. She doesn't have as much room for comedy. Um, But definitely piggybacking on off of what you were saying about the motivations being a little mixed up. I totally agree. And that was one of my biggest takeaways. I thought Lily James, I thought she did a great job. I loved some of her deliveries of some of those lines from the book. Uh, Specifically, when Darcy proposes for the first time, we get some of those great Elizabeth Bennet lines. Um, But in terms of accepting and rejecting proposals, especially Mr. Collins' first proposal, in this movie, Uh, Lily James as Elizabeth has stated, you know, she doesn't want to get married because she doesn't want to have to put up her sword and stop fighting zombies because apparently that's a thing. Um, but (laughs) why would you do that? Yeah. But when Mr. Collins proposes, he says, okay, uh, so we're going to get married and you're going to put up your sword and we're going to be a little happy family. And when Lily James is running away from Mr. Collins and her parents deliver the lines about you're going to have to be separated from one of us, Lily James yells at her mom. I can't marry without affection. And to me, I was like, wait, but I thought you wouldn't want to marry him because of the whole sword thing, you know? So that gets a little convoluted. I also thought one thing that was interesting was that uh, in this movie, people who are kind of the aristocracy, um, they train in Japanese martial arts. And what the movie narrator says is that the wise people train in Chinese martial arts. So there's some um, prejudice from the Bingleys that the Bennets trained in uh, Chinese martial arts and not Japanese, along with just kind of the different social standing. So navigating those two different levels of prejudice is really interesting. I also wasn't sure if I adapted this book, if I would think that the Bennets got you know, really intense zombie training, if they would really be at the forefront, because in the books, they don't have even a tutor for their education. So I didn't know if it made sense for them to have gone all the way to China to train in martial arts. But 
I don't know. That was just me. There's definitely some plot holes with like who has zombie training and why. I think the whole adaptation of adding zombies to this, if we're looking at the movie, could have been a little bit better thought out. Yeah, there were some some holes with that kind of thing. And I just want to say, I do just want to say that I like Lily James as Elizabeth. Typically, I like her in in things like especially period um mm-hmm. pieces like Downton Abbey. I I did like her in the role. I thought her acting was good and I appreciated kind of what she what she chose to do. I don't know how much of the character things were just like the way that it's written um rather than her choices. But there were a couple of things that I, there are a couple of things I did like. Like I did like that she didn't want to have to give up her sword or fighting for a man I feel like that was consistent and made sense with her like the equivalent of in the book you know she really doesn't want to marry without affection it made sense to me that she wouldn't want to be forced to stop fighting if that's something that she loves doing um she kind of remains that like headstrong character that we are used to and that we know um but then there were also things that bothered me to me it did not make a lot of sense um for someone who seemed wise to fall for Wickham's lies. Mm. And I also really didn't like, because you have to admit the, the lies that Wickham tells in that storyline is really taken up a notch Mm. from the Pride and Prejudice, like original novel. So I thought that was strange. And then I also would have really enjoyed seeing more time with her and Darcy. To me, that was just really a loss and just made no sense as to why they were together Except if it was just like the attraction from both being able to fight well or fighting together or something like that. And to me, that was kind of a disservice to both of the characters if that was really the motivation. Speaking of Mr. Darcy, let's go ahead and talk about this zombie fighting Mr. Darcy, who is played by Sam Riley. Sam Riley has been in the movie Maleficent as Diaval, and he has also recently been in the movie Radioactive as Pierre Curie, and in the movie Rebecca, again with Lily James, as Jack Faval. So, what did you guys think of this Mr. Darcy? I would say he was certainly quite brooding. I kind of liked this. I feel like this Mr. Darcy fit well in this universe. Um, You know, he's probably, in this universe, he's a Colonel Darcy, um, as we learn in the first like five minutes of the film, as he's brutally killing a wedding party. Um, but his like brooding, kind of reclusive nature really fits in well here, more as you kind of see it as him being extra wary of anyone being a zombie. Um, which we learn later down the line is due to his father being bitten and him having to kill his father, which is so tragic. I do think at certain times, it just him and this version of Lizzie, there was just not a whole lot of chemistry for me. I didn't really believe it. And he got like to such an intense level that it kind of turned me off a little bit towards his character. But it makes sense in the plot with the zombies if that makes sense (laughs) yeah I agree I thought it was really interesting and I really liked 
how they chose to kind of make his prejudice about the zombies rather than about societal standing. I mean, that definitely still has something to do with it, like the behavior of her family. But so much of what we see as like the bad parts of his character are um, him like being worried that Jane's been bit, being worried about seeing these people because they might be zombies, like just being kind of obsessed about it in that way and letting it rule him. Um, I thought that was really interesting, but I will say, and I hate that this is like my comment, but it just what over and over again in the movie bothered me. It's the way that they have him look and then also his voice. He looks so greasy. He, he just looks very strange. And I don't think like Sam Riley is like a, a bad looking actor or person or even that matters that much. But it just seemed like they were trying to do something with him that to make him like more, I don't know, like maybe dislikable or something like that. And it was just really odd because of the way that his voice sounded and the way that they um, kind of clothed him or makeup him or whatever. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Beth, because Austin said, oh, man, Mr. Darcy has a bad guy voice because he has like a very gravelly kind of uh, way that he talks. Yeah. And I think it also makes it very confusing that Wickham is preaching, let's live in harmony with the zombies. We can feed them pig's brains so we can live in unity with them. Meanwhile, Mr. Darcy is like killing everyone who might possibly be a zombie. And he goes to yeah. the church and makes these zombies who are not yet hungry for human brains he turns them into like this mob and so it's very confusing um they're they really kind of i think we're going for a big reveal when you find out that wickham's a zombie so you're like oh wickham's not the good guy and darcy's not the bad guy it's the other way around yeah. but it almost took it too far um, they didn't quite pull it off because you're still mm -hmm. kind of like but wait wickham still, still like kind of has a point yes Yes. They could still actually try to live in harmony with the zombies. I also um, thought it was interesting. <laughs> Mr. Darcy in the movie is really attracted to Elizabeth's wit. And that's somewhat true in this movie. But like Lori alluded to earlier, Elizabeth doesn't really have a lot of time to show off her wit. So in this movie, he like is very um, attracted to her zombie fighting abilities. And <laughs> after he's um, said the line about how she's uh, tolerable but not handsome enough to tempt him, Lizzie goes off crying, which interesting. And um, they have to have this big fight scene at the uh, Longbourn Ball situation. And he sees Lizzie kill a bunch of zombies. And he turns to Darcy and he just has this like, he's been stricken look on his face and basically he's like her dark eyes are really compliment the temper of her face or whatever the line is it's straight from the book but i was really excited that and honestly shocked that the first time i get to hear the line of mr darcy complimenting lizzie's dark eyes came in pride and prejudice and zombies i was not expecting that um but i i did think that was an interesting twist that he is uh, interested in her zombie fighting abilities. And again, I think the other girls have mentioned this, but the chemistry was lacking a little bit for me. And I think a huge part of that was the time that was spent 
explaining the zombie part of the movie, you just miss so much between Lizzie and Darcy. Like for me, the time at Pemberley where they go on walks together and at Rosings where they go on walks together is just so crucial in the development of their relationship. And we just, you know, we don't have that because they're busy, again, fighting zombies. So, <laughs> so are you guys ready to talk about Mr. Secret Zombie Wickham? Yes. So Wickham Zombie Fighting Edition is played by Jack Huston, who actually is in the movie about to be released House of Gucci with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Lori, I know you're probably My man. about that. <laughs> he also plays Robert Kennedy in the movie The Irishman. Uh, he's in the TV series The Romanoffs. He uh, was in the... Um, remixed edition of Ben-Hur recently. So he's been in quite a few movies recently. What did you guys think of Jack Huston's Wickham? I thought, one, that he was a bit dashing. So <laughs> it kind of it kind of fits in. You know, he's suave. This very this tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. Um, fits very well in with the army regalia, you know, working. He provides a really good foil to Darcy's, you know, kind of low-key crustiness at certain points. <laughs> um, but I will say about, I don't know, a third, halfway through this movie, I'm like, mm, this dude's a zombie. Hmm. I think for me, the realization happened when they go to um, Lady Catherine's house. And Lizzie is, you know, presenting him. And not only does Anne just kind of groan in response. Kind of a grunt. Yes. And like, hmm, methinks you are a zombie and your mother is hiding this fact. Although uh, that question's never answered. I thought the same thing. Yeah. It's just like a random little plot line that I guess might be revealed in the book. I don't know. I kind of want to read the book now. But just, like, how adamant Wickham is about, like, the whole zombie thing. And then him randomly showing up in the night when Lizzie is having a weird workout sequence uh, to, like, burn off her anger at Darcy. He just, like, appears out of the mist. And I'm like, ooh, only zombies do that. <laughs> you are a zombie. Well, and there's also the scene when he kind of appears out of the woods and she sees, so it's like right after she's seen like four gentlemen dressed all in black with like tall black top the hats. four horsemen. Mm -hmm. So creepy. So I think acting wise, this guy did a super good job. I think he was probably one of the best actors in this. Um, and then I really liked the character of Wickham. It was hard because I definitely sympathized with him. Like I said earlier, I don't actually get why they couldn't live in harmony. But I guess mm -hmm. that's not even what he wanted anyways. So I felt like his storyline didn't completely make sense. Like it, it just felt a little bit jumbled together in my opinion. And there are like mm -hmm. a bunch of turns with him because we didn't just have like the original twist of finding out that he had actually tried to like run away with Darcy's sister and then finding out that he had taken Lydia. We also had the twist of finding out that he was a zombie and he was trying to be king of the zombies and he was trying to sabotage, like, London. It just felt, like, too much to me. Um, so it made it a little bit unbelievable. Like, the way they were trying to tie all of that together and mm -hmm. and all of that. And it is interesting because he did get 
um, a lot more screen time in this than he gets in like any other version of Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. But I think that they did use that time well. And he is a really pivotal character in this adaptation, which is obviously like why we're talking about him so much. But he had a really big impact on the film, on the story of the film. And then just his, um, that the acting just really like sent the movie over the edge to me and that it was like enjoyable because it made it funny. Like I really liked that part of it. So now would normally be the time where we talk about Jane and Bingley, but unfortunately they got so little screen time that we're just going to go ahead and move on and talk about any other characters that stood out to us. Now I will say for Jane, even though she didn't get a lot of screen time, we did see uh, there's this horrible scene where Jane is having to fight zombies and there's this mom and baby zombie and Jane's reluctance so to kill the mother and her child. And then her, um, doing the cross over herself after she kills a zombie, it definitely shows you that, you know, Jane is still pure of heart, even though she's killing these zombies. She has regrets and morals. Um, but who were some characters that stood out to you all in this movie other than our main three? May I just say, for once, I enjoyed a Mr. Collins. Oh, Bless my him. God. Bless him. <laughs> this man, Matt Smith, one of the finest actors of our generation. Well, he's a little older than us, but you know what I mean. Love this guy. You know, if you've ever watched Doctor Who, he's the 11th Doctor. He's great. Go watch Doctor Who. Um, I just felt like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this is literally Matt Smith playing the Doctor, being transported back into a weird alternate universe. And it's just him the whole time being like i am now mr collins and these are the things i say and it, oh it was beautiful i loved it literally if you don't want to watch this film because it's too graphic just search on youtube compilations of mr collins in this film because you will laugh so hard oh my gosh Lori, he was the person that i wanted to shout out as well i adored matt smith as mr collins and i've actually never seen Doctor Who. Um, I So I've really only seen Matt Smith in more serious dramas like Prince Philip in The Crown. And so this was an entirely different side of him that I just adored. Um, and it was so different from the normal Mr. Collins because, yeah, he was cringy, but he was just really, really extra all of the time. He was so over the top and yes, so excited uh -huh. about everything. And I loved it. Honestly, I was like, this is how Mr. Collins should be played all the time. Um, and I, cause I've never seen anything, anything like that yeah. portrayal of him. One thing that I loved especially was when Mr. Darcy is remaining close to Elizabeth throughout the evening, he dances with her. And instead of being a bad dancer, he is just having the time of his life, like jumping and twirling and just talking so loudly. And at the end, when everybody's clapping, he's like, oh, thank you for your attention. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, that was my shout out to you. Just, I love Doctor Who. I love Matt Smith so much. Oh, so good. But really, he just did such a good job in the part, like everything you're saying, and that he is so someone that you would not want to be married to. Mm -hmm. But he does it in a very different way as the way yes. we normally see Collins portrayed, yeah. that I think is still very faithful to the yes. book. Yes, absolutely. Yes. He's still so self absorbed and so ridiculous. But it's much funnier this way. And I just think mm -hmm. it works much better. And just the one thing that I don't think either of y'all 
brought up that I just want to mention is how jealous he reacted every oh. time she interacted with Wickham. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was yes. hilarious. It just brought so much more attention and I feel like gave him a bigger part in a way. Mm-hmm. It was just so, 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 so good. He like kind of stole the movie for me. Yeah. And um, Mr. Darcy walks up behind Elizabeth right after she's done dancing with Mr. Collins for the first time and asks her to dance and she doesn't even know who it is. She just says yes because she wants to get away from him. And she turns around, sees it's Mr. Darcy, obviously shocked. And Mr. Collins is just like right over her shoulder. And he's like <laughs> basically like, who's this? Introduce me. And it's really funny. The other scene that I didn't mention, but I thought this was hilarious. Um, on the way to town, the Bennett sisters are bringing Mr. Collins to town and they uh, happen upon a zombie that's trying to lure them into a trap. And all of the girls have their guns out. And Mr. Collins just kind of like standing around. And afterwards, for some reason, Elizabeth gets tasked with carrying everyone's guns. So she's holding like three giant rifles and like she has some sling across her back and she's dropping them and Mr. Collins walks up and he's like oh here let me help you with that let me help you with that and then he adjusts the gun in her arms looks her at her <laughs> says gallantry isn't dead and then like sprints off and I thought that was so funny Matt Smith is truly a genius like I loved him so much in this role and one funny thing I don't know if y'all caught this um that i saw that i'm just like did they throw this in there just to add some more comedy to this movie i don't know um when they're all being introduced to lady Catherine the very first time um they're you know this is so and so and this is so and so and they're just kind of standing there and you just hear a voice i don't know if one of the footmen says it or if just they added this in post in post-production but somebody says and tea is brought up and then they just go to tea and it's just like so random but it was so funny (laughs) um i also read in the trivia about this movie that lily james like almost all of her lines in scenes with mr collins had to be cut because she would just laugh um (laughs) at his delivery so they had to cut a bunch of her lines um so i thought that was pretty cool so let's talk a little bit about book to movie accuracy Lori, do you want to take us away sure well um besides the fact that there are zombies in this film which (laughs) i feel like we can all agree is a pretty big uh book to movie (laughs) inaccuracy unless you're talking about the source material for this adaptation um one of the plot lines i guess that we can start out with you know rolling off of matt smith is the Collins plotline. A bit of his, like, main proposal kind of, like, just occurs the entire time. He's, like, weirdly, like, he stands up at dinner and uh, says from the very beginning that, oh, he's going to pursue Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. like, directly to their mother, where, like, this would normally be a side conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Elizabeth is there to hear all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. or forward in his like mm-hmm. declarations. Pursual, yeah, it's a little odd. And then um Lizzie, when she goes to see Lady Catherine, instead of, you know, going after they're married and being their guest, she goes as a chaperone because they need a chaperone because they're not married yet. So that's a little slight plot deviation there. 
because this all takes place in a lot less time than the original novel mm-hmm. because of like the urgency of the zombie thing. <laughs> there wasn't time for like to wait for them to get married and then for them to get married and then for mm-hmm. them to wait a couple months to invite Elizabeth. Like there just wasn't time for that because there were mm-hmm. zombies on the loose. Yeah. And on that note, there's no time for Jane to go to London. Obviously, she wouldn't be doing that in the zombie apocalypse. There's no Mr. and Mrs. Gardner, tour of the lakes, tour of Pemberley, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Uh, Another little difference here. Lady Catherine, uh, besides the fact that she is now a zombie-killing action woman, um, when she comes and visits, you know, demanding that Lizzie deny these false allegations. Has Lizzie fight her, like... Footman. Footman, I guess that's what he is. Uh, And when Lizzie wins, they kind of have a tussle, and then she says that she admires her as a lady, which I was kind of like, okay, slightly odd. I was like, bro, you're supposed to be saying she's an obstinate, headstrong girl. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, she's like, I admire you as a warrior or something. And we have just, you know, one last minor slash, I guess, major sentence of revelation uh, change is that instead of Fitzwilliam, um, we can't have a Colonel Fitzwilliam. (laughs) We're short on time. Uh, Wickham reveals why and how Bingley left and, you know, brings that big plot point that ends in, (laughs) you know, Darcy's proposal the first time around ending in a fight scene between him and Lizzie and clothing is being sliced off. It's a, it's a little little weird and risque, mm-hmm. I will say. Mm-hmm. Besides those major differences, uh, how did those influence you? Ladies, what are your uh, make it or break it? I feel like I've made this pretty obvious, but one of my break was the lack of Jane and Bingley situation people will still reference how in love with each other they are but I felt like it was a true tragedy that we never really got to see that also not a fan of this Darcy personally but that's just me but my make it (laughs) my make it was absolutely 100% Matt Smith's Mr. Collins I thought it was honestly a revelation and it was truly inspiring to me to watch Matt Smith give this classic character new life in the context of a zombie film i thought that was so cool beth yeah so i think it's easy for me to say my makeup make it is matt smith because i do absolutely love him and he did kind of make the film for me but just for the sake of seeing something different i really enjoyed (laughs) the costumes like um i was really impressed by the different colors and kind of the adaptation to make them more actiony I liked seeing uh, Elizabeth in pantaloons. I thought that was super funny. And my break it would be just like kind of the lack of a believable love story between Elizabeth and Darcy. I was pretty disappointed in that. I think for my break it, um, I'm going to say it's this weird fan fiction adaptation feeling that I got the whole entire time watching it. It's just, you know, there are some good fan fictions out there. Let me tell you, there's currently one right now that is on the bestsellers list, and it is a Kylo Ren and Rey adaptation from Star Wars. <laughs> Check out Love Hypothesis. Wow. It's on its second production because people sold out. You know, like, there are some really good ones out there, and I just, this version just didn't do it for me. It didn't fully integrate well 
with the zombie, uh, you know, addition to this plot line. I think it could have been. And I think maybe in the future, if they do add, do this adaptation again, um, it could be better done. But it just it just didn't jive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my make it is also Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody please like clue him in that we're talking him up so much on this. Like, work your magic fans. Um, love him in this. His acting is always so good, but. I think we all can agree this is a different version of Mr. Collins that is so much more fun to watch and less secondhand embarrassment cringy um, that I personally enjoyed and just loved in general. And I miss seeing his face all the time. Mm. I, I feel like this question is going to have a shocking answer, but it makes complete sense given your previous answer, which <laughs> is who would you date from this adaptation? Okay, think along with me. Hear my rationalizations. Okay. (laughs) If I am living in a normal world, (laughs) sans the zombies, okay, then I think I would be marrying Bingley. He's just so sweet in this film. You know, like the little bits that we see, you know, he's so sweet. And then we get this very brief reunion with him and Jane on the battlefield, which is like very sweet. Um... So I think, you know, sans zombies, I'm marrying Bingley, which I think makes Julia so happy. Well, I actually was going to say I didn't love this Bingley because the reason (gasps) they reunite on the battlefield is uh, Wickham's trying to throw or not Wickham. Bingley's trying to throw this bomb to where all these zombies are trapped, but he leans over too far. And this really long kerchief thing that he's wearing gets grabbed by the zombies and he's about to get pulled in and and blown up and then jane has to save him and i just thought they made him out to be kind of a wimp and i was like why you gotta do bingley like that so yeah but i mean i do appreciate you showing bingley some love no matter which iteration of bingley it is (laughs) okay so what's Uh, what's the other half of your answer okay my other half of my answer is if i'm i am in this time period right and i am living with this horde of zombies on the other side of this moat trying to kill me. Although there were a lot of zombies for them being supposedly protected within the moat, which a whole nother plot line that we can't even get into. Um, I think I'm going to go with Darcy hmm. because Whoa. safety, because <laughs> safety, safety. <laughs> this man is so worried about there being zombies everywhere. You know, you would live that point. Paranoia would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, Truly. he's so paranoid. You would live <laughs> forever. And just, you know, the sheer protection behind that, because like, while I love this portrayal of Mr. Collins, and I think I could just laugh at him the entire time we were married, um, it, I would die <laughs> instantly. We would become zombies immediately because this man has no skills. Mm. I totally thought you were going to say Mr. Collins. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No. No, I would be killed immediately. <laughs> Gotta take the world into consideration. You know, like, I I quite enjoy living. Lori's not going to be the female fighting zombies. Mm-mm. We know that. I mean, I will if I need to, but I don't want to, you know, constantly be worried about being bitten in the middle of the night and my brain being eaten. That's fair. Yeah. Well, how about your drinks? Were they yummy? Did you finish them? How's your water? Well, my water... Uh, tasted like water 
So the cup does not change the, the taste, which is a plus. And I will say this cup is so pretty. I am drinking so much water. It is a it is a lot. I think it's like maybe I don't know how much it holds, maybe like 30 ounces, 40, something like that. Um, but I really love it. It's got this beautiful bluish greenish tint that hits the light and just beautiful and then it's also textured and I'm a very like kind of tactile person so I really love the texture of it as well so I'm a big fan of this Starbucks cup if you're thinking about getting it if you're into that go ahead treat yourself it's a bones day when we're recording this so yes treat yourself amazing what about you Lori well uh my thing of Diet Mountain Dew is gone I am a Diet Mountain Dew gal can't drink the regular stuff it's got way too much sugar and makes me feel sick Mm -hmm. uh but the diet on the other hand i will inhale love that my headache is still kind of here so we'll be taking more medicine once we get off the air uh but it was delightful beth how was your paris tea kind of failed on my tea tonight i'm not gonna lie to you the first cup i made apparently something went wrong and the water didn't actually boil and so it was super cold and therefore gross um so then when i went to make the second cup it had there wasn't as much water left as i thought there was going to be so it ended up being like a little bit more than half a mug and then that tea is strong so just like not a lot of water and i probably let it steep for too long so it's a very potent cup of tea just i didn't enjoy it even for it being like my favorite tea it was a little sad Mm. Um, so tragic yeah, so I didn't finish it, and now it's cold again, so probably not going to. <laughs> All right, ladies, it has been such a joy to talk about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies with you. And listeners, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod, and we are on Facebook at Sips and Sensibility. Ladies and gentlemen, next time when we gather together around our great favorite book, uh, we are going to be watching the 2019 Pride and Prejudice Atlanta adaptation. You can find it on Amazon with an all-black subscription. Um, They do have a free trial, so you can hop on that and watch it there. But until next time, keep on spinning, y'all. <laughs>